ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 379th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are set to host the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday at 1 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We just found out this morning that J.J. Watt, the defensive end for the Cardinals, is going to retire at the end of the season. So this will be your last chance to see J.J. Watt, the three-time defensive player of the year, perform at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we, um, they're 4-11. The Falcons are 5-10. and 10. Both teams have been eliminated from the NFC playoff race. So we're going to see uh, a Pride Bowl game out there. They're going to be playing for Pride. A lot of guys are uh, – the Falcons have already been playing a lot of young players, so they don't have to do that. Uh, they'll just continue with uh, the regular rotations, as we found out from Coach Smith. So um, we also wanted to know that – you know, the Falcons were into the uh, playoff race last year to 16 games. So um, they stayed in it for 15 games this year in a season that, uh, you know, a lot of people projected to be a four win. 4.5 was the Vegas. They're just over that with two to go. Maybe they can get one more. Maybe they can get both of them. Uh, we'll see here down the stretch. But, um, you know, one of the big things this year has been the de- development of young players, and the biggest one being, you know, when to see if Desmond Ritter is going to be able to help you out. He made some strides in the last game. Uh, this will be his third start. They have 150, 145 plays so far to, to evaluate. Uh, made some big throws against uh, the Ravens that, you know, should translate. Uh, but that's what they wanted to see is uh, can he drop back and, and deliver the ball. They know he can run the RPOs and all that stuff. He did that in college. What type of NFL drop back quarterback is he going to be? So that's what they're looking for. And they'll get at least uh, uh, some more plays to evaluate against the Cardinals on Sunday. They will also be without uh, their big safety, Buda Baker. It would have been good to see him out there playing uh, against the Falcons and uh, see if, you know, how Ritter would handle that type of Pro Bowl talent. So here we go. We um, we talked to Coach Arthur Smith on, um, you know, a couple different topics. Uh, one that's key is, hey, how do you keep the team motivated, uh, you know, with them being already eliminated from the playoffs? Job, D-Led. That's what you're hired to do. And if you, if you can't get motivated, you're not self-motivated, you're probably the wrong person for the job. And certainly you see examples around the league. You can rationalize a lot of things. Uh, you can find a lot of excuses to not do your best, uh, that certainly won't be here, uh, certainly not as long as I'm here. That's just not the way these guys are wired. We got a lot of prideful guys, players and coaches, and uh, we, we're thankful to have another opportunity to go out and compete. We owe it to our fans, we owe it to ourselves, and uh, that's what we're, that's our charge this week. Well, all right, you know, that's uh, he's going to keep, it sounds like he's staying with the rotations. 
you know, a lot of people at the end start looking at their practice squad and trying to get some tape on some of the um, developmental players. But essentially, they've been doing that all season. So that's what he's saying there. And here's uh, Coach Smith again on uh, not playing the young guys just because they have nothing to play for anymore. Is that fair to those other guys that are competing for jobs? I mean, other than Grady and Jake, I'm going to have everybody in here is either on a rookie contract or on a minimum on the last year of their deal. That's disrespectful to those other guys in the receiver room. You really want to think of it. Go tell Kadero Hodge, hey, buddy, you've been working, playing so hard all year, you're not going to get a shot. That's not fair to this team. It's not fair to him. I mean, everybody. I mean, he's got to be merit-based. I mean, this isn't – yeah, I understand the question, and I don't fault you for asking the question, but take a step back and think about everybody and everybody in that locker room, what morale, what leadership really is, and not fantasy, you know, these hypothetical uh, – GM situations, like there's a lot of young guys that are playing, we feel good about, and we need to prepare to win. I mean, that's a big part of it too. So, again, the best guys are going to play, and we're going to do everything we can to win against Arizona. All right, that's his stance. But, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is that you need to develop players, and that happens in games. We've seen it uh, before, um, and and, uh, we reference uh, uh, one of the – you know, former Falcons, Brett Grimes, he was doing great things on the practice field. Of course, uh, Petrino left, then Emmett uh, Thomas uh, took over, and uh, he, he put him out there and against Arizona, by the way. So, you know, it was a rough – that was a good Arizona team, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, he got a lesson on the field that day. But that was the foundation for what ended up being a two-time Pro Bowl, I think at least two times to the Pro Bowl career. But you see players develop, and you see uh, them thrown into game situations. And, and so we wanted to ask Arthur, come back at him, say, hey, but how do you balance developing guys, um, you know, the last two weeks of the season and also playing your regulars? Here's what he had to say. We constantly look, and we've been developing guys. I mean, look at what Caleb Huntley did. It's not lost on him. I mean, just because we didn't wait till week 16, and we played Caleb early. And those are guys in the program that we've able to have, we've been able to have success with. There's guys that we feel uh, are coming along, but we got to make the right decisions, and we got to be do what's best for this team and what's best for those guys in that locker room. And that's that's what this is about. So I think sometimes now when you get in these situations, it's easy for the guy on the peripheral to dismiss those guys. But you guys have covered this. You're around this team all all year, every day, and we got we got a lot of great guys in that locker room, and we want to finish this thing right because it does impact their future too. Tell my guys are maybe in year four than the last year of the contract. So you tell me, hey, you deserve to play, but man, sorry, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna do that. Those guys are trying to earn a living and trying to help us win. Well, all right, that, I think we covered that. Uh, you know, there is um, you know some development going on. It's not all in the games. Uh, last year they didn't play. Uh, he didn't bring this one up, but they didn't put Richie Grant out there at a safety. They uh, waited until this year. Uh, to develop them so they got to show some patience too but um so that's what a uh, coach had to say on uh, you know his approach here down the stretch now one of the uh, kids one of the draft picks uh john fitzpatrick uh had his 21 day uh activation period uh started last week and he could be called up to the roster this week felipe franks is in concussion protocol so that that would be a spot for him uh, but he's one of the kids that was uh, drafted in the sixth round out of Georgia, uh, went to Marist. He um, he had 
foot surgery on both of his feet and took a little while uh, for things to, to come around. So here's what John Fitzpatrick had to say uh, about, you know, getting a shot here maybe down the stretch and his recovery from the foot surgeries. Think been since uh, uh, you know getting called up. It's been great. You get uh, the activated activated period, right? Uh, yeah, designation to return. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, it's been good. It's been good being back with the team, practicing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a long time out, so I'm just happy to be back with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't clear on the injury. I know the foot stuff from last year, but what was the? Yeah, it just took longer than I anticipated with my foot surgeries. Okay, okay. I had two foot surgeries after the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it just took, didn't heal as the way I anticipated. And then some soft tissue stuff came, okay. quad, lower back and stuff like that. How um, how close are you to uh, making it back? You hope you get the call here and get some action here in the last couple of games? Um, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to practice hard every day and just put my best, best foot forward. Um, but, yeah, no, I feel good. I feel great running around and everything. Before we go to break here, let's hear from Arizona coach Cliff Kingsbury. He went on the Wolf and Luke show out in Arizona on 98.7 out there uh, discussing things with um, Tim Ring and our guy Howard Balzer. Howard's a longtime St. Louis NFL guy since moved to the desert and uh, was filling in on the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 with Tim Ring. Here is what Cliff Kingsbury had to say on trying to decide between McSorley, Trace McSorley, and Colt McCoy. That'll be uh, his decision on who's going to face the Falcons. It's a lot. It, it definitely comes from from the top down. Um, we want to make sure that you know we're, we're first and foremost um, following all player safety protocols and making sure that that is is on the forefront of all our decisions. And then we want to win the game. And, and whoever can give us the best chance at that point, uh, we want to play. And, and so with Colt, it's, it's a guy who, um, because of you know our situation early next year, who knows what that's going to look like with with Kyler's recovery and um, you know his rehab going on. That that is an injury that you know varies. I think on on who comes back when. Um, he may be our starter going into the year. So we'd love to build some more confidence with him and get him feeling even more comfortable going into the off season. And then you, you said it. You, you want to see what you got in Trace as well. Could more game reps and, and uh, another week being the starter, uh, you know, really propel him. So it's uh, you know not an easy decision, but it's one that's made with all our input um, here, and uh, we'll kind of take it day by day the next couple of days and then figure out which direction we're going. Well, all right, that's the decision. Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray's out. That was just a bad situation out there. Uh, there was a quote you can Google it: uh, Cliff Kingsbury slash miserable. ESPN. Uh, you know um, that relationship was you know has been breached. It sounds like you know they went back. Big part of why he got the job uh, was his um, you know air raid background and uh, being able to you know. Uh, having coached Kyler Murray, but it looks like that whole thing's gone sideways. Kind of started with the contract, uh, with the clause in there that he had to work out and study. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, that was this summer. But, you know, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, you've been following the Cardinals, it's been a train wreck. So we're going to go to the break here. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're just going to look at some uh, some things here. J.J. Watt's history, uh, series history, the tale of the tape, and uh, some McSorley versus McCoy stats since we don't have Kyler Murray in this game. James Conner is the uh, running back leading rusher there, and a kid by the name of Greg Dortch caught a bunch of balls in the last game, uh, but, you know, they got DeAndre Hopkins, so... We'll give you a little preview here. Now, J.J. Watt, he tweeted today, he's the three-time defensive player of the year, five-time All-Pro, former Walter Payton man of the year. Pretty good bet that he'll go to Canton. There are a lot of guys with uh, over that 100 sack total that are not there yet. Jared Allen, uh, Demarcus Ware, John Abraham. You know, the, so the pass rushers, you know, I think he's going to jump over a couple uh, five years from now if they're not in by then. So, J.J. Watt will be coming here. He started his career uh, with the Houston Texans, 2011 to 2020. Played for the Cardinals the last two years. 6'5", 288 pounds. Was the 11th player drafted overall in the 2011 draft out of Wisconsin. So, later on today, I'll go back and look at those 10 guys in front of him and see if he should have been the number one overall pick in that draft. Now, the series history, this will be the 32nd meeting between the Cardinals and the Falcons. The uh, Cardinals lead 16-15. to 15. Uh, The Cardinals won the last meeting out in the desert. It's 34-33. to 33. Matt Bryant missed the potential game-winning or game-tying extra point with 153 to go in that game on October the 13th, 2009. He was later cut, and they moved on for Matt Bryant. I believe that was his last game with the team here. Tell of the tape. Okay, nothing. Um, it's only three categories here where um, the teams are in the top half of the league. The Falcons' rushing attack at 160.8 yards a game is third, and Arizona is 11th. In time of possession at 30.17. And uh, their rush defense is pretty good. They are 12th in rushing defense. uh, 114.3 per game. Uh, Another key stat here is both teams are uh, in the bottom half in turnover differential. The Falcons are minus 3 with 22. Uh, They're minus 3, which ranks 22nd. And the Cardinals are... Minus two, which ranks 20th. So uh, nothing, um, you know, nothing else really jumps out. Uh, they're not, um, you know, the Falcons are 31st um, passing uh, offense. And the uh, the Cardinals are 240.5. They're 26. So that'll be a good chance to see what Ritter can do against a, you know, a pretty bad pass defense. That'll be without Buda Baker. But they got to block J.J. Watt because he's still going pretty hard. If you saw the some of the Tampa Bay um, 
Tampa Bay Cardinals game. He was still in the backfield a lot. He's got 9.5 sacks and 14 tackles for losses. So you got to block him. Everything starts up there with blocking J.J. Watt. So, but yeah, they'll get a chance to, you know, spin it a little bit uh, indoors against the 26th ranked pass defense. And uh, we'll see how that goes for Ritter. Uh, also, I got an um, email from a fan. Or it might have been from Dean Pease, um, but uh, they wanted to know the Falcons missed tackles. And so I, I looked it up. They wanted to know where that ranked in the league. So I didn't go through all 32 teams, but I did do a nice sample size here. The Falcons have missed 49 tackles, and that's 4.4% uh, of their plays. They've had missed tackles. And uh, the, the missed tackle leaders, or A.J. Terrell, Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant. All of those guys have seven missed tackles. So um want to know where that ranked in the NFC South. South and then I checked a couple NFC uh, East teams. The um, NFC South, uh, who's their leader here? The Saints, they've, they've missed 74 tackles for 6.9%. Then you have the Carolina Panthers. They've missed 62 tackles. 5.7%. And then you have Tampa Bay with 57 missed tackles for 4.5% of their plays. They've had a missed tackle. So the Falcons are, are number one in the NFC South for the fewest missed tackles. So, I mean, you know, when you got a season like this where you rank 24th against the points, uh, 28th against total offense, and 24th against the, the rush, and 25th against the pass, all in the 20s, all in the lower half. You got to look for little stats like this to uh, brighten your day. And the 49 missed tackles are the fewest from teams in the uh, NFC South. Now, I looked up a couple teams that are going to the playoffs just to see how they were doing. And uh, Coach Quinn's defense down in Dallas, Coach Dan Quinn, the D.C. down there now, they have 54 missed tackles which is also more than the Falcons, and 5.2%. Uh, and so I looked at the Eagles, the number one seed, uh, and they've missed 64 tackles at 6.2%. So, um, you know, at the end of the season, we'll go through everywhere, uh, go through all 32 teams and see where the Falcons ranked and missed tackles. So that's a good stat for them, even though they were giving up a lot of um, yards after the catch early. We'll get to, you know, in our season review, we got a good sample size to, to move forward with that. So that's your tail of the tape for this game here. Uh, we we heard from Coach Kingsbury on his quarterback situation. He even talked about the future of the quarterback situation. John Kim, the uh, general manager out there, stepped away. Or I think it's Steve Kime. He stepped away from the team. And so, you know, they're going to be – uh, transitioning again probably out there in Arizona. We saw one coach get uh, fired already, Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. And uh, the Cardinals um, thought they had something special building and went all in on Kyler Murray, signed J.J. Watt. But things haven't worked out out there, so fully expect them to hit the reset button. Uh, the Bitwell family out there is probably going to decide they need to move in another direction here. But uh, Trace McSorley made his uh, first NFL start against Tampa Bay. They had the game one, 16-6. Then Brady did his late game thing, and it fell apart. 
But McSorley threw um, in his first NFL start was 24 of 45 for 217 yards, uh, no touchdown, one interception, and 57.4 passer rating. Okay, McCoy is uh, on the, the year here. He's one and two overall. Uh, career-wise, he's 11 and 25. You know, most of those starts were with the Cleveland Browns, who drafted him in the third round back in 2010. So he's been able to hang around and take that backup quarterback check uh, to the bank here for a long time. Colt McCoy, third-round pick, 85th overall out of Texas. So um, focusing on that because the Falcons have a third-round pick also. Desmond Ritter, 74th overall, um, 2022. You know, here's what it, it turned out to for Colt McCoy, who got his shot early in his career, started 10 games, went 4-6 and six that first year, and then uh, started uh, 14 games the next year uh, before the Browns uh, kept it moving on their quarterback caravan uh, that's still moving to this day, and maybe, maybe they're going to um, – you know, settle. Well, they, they certainly put their money on Deshaun Watson to stop the carousel there uh, from spinning in Cleveland. But Cole McCoy this year here are his numbers. He is 90 for 132, 68.2%. So he's accurate, short thrower, nothing special there. Uh, 780 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and a 76 point. 76.6 passer rating for Colt McCoy. Now I want to look at their season stats. You know, 4 and 11. They've dropped 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in a row. Ooh, seven of their last eight. So, yeah, this is a Pride Bowl game. Falcons have dropped six of their last seven, four in a row. Their leading rusher is James Conner. At 167 for 703 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is uh, their top receiver uh, with 64 catches for 717 uh, yards and just three touchdowns. Um, let's look at the Greg Dortch kid. So he had a game. He, uh, he caught 10 of 11 targets for 98 yards in the loss to Tampa Bay. He also had three carries for 25 yards. So that was, um, I think, him and uh, McSorley kind of worked together on the practice squad, and that's who he felt comfortable with. So that's he targeted him 11 times. Hopkins did get 10 targets, but only one catch. Uh, so, you know, they're going to throw it to him, and that'll be good for the Falcons cornerbacks. Uh, James Conner was his check down guy. He got eight and seven in that game. So let's look at the – defense here i think watt is your leader yep he's your leader in sacks with a 9.5 allen has 5.5 sacks and isaiah simmons has three so you heard his name a lot uh on the um broadcast too the other day isaiah simmons uh is coming around you know he's a positionless player type who um did a uh doing a pretty good job over there on defense now one other player of note uh, we've been following him since the Dolphins signed him as an undrafted guy and um, you know he's finally getting some action here in Arizona 
And I want to get to their defensive stats here. And that's Jonathan Letbetter, former Georgia Bulldog. Uh, to my knowledge, to both of our knowledges, we're not related. But um, I think he's in Decatur, uh, Tucker High, uh, three tackles and uh, four overall in the Tampa Bay game. So he Miami really liked him. Then he blew out his Achilles. Um, they tried to keep him and uh, ended up getting out to Arizona where he's playing. Uh, in the front of that defense now. So that's um, the story on perseverance. Maybe we'll go over to the Tampa, uh, go over to the Arizona locker room and catch up with him post-game. But I'm just trying to get his snaps here. There it is. Ledbetter, DN, played 41 snaps, 51% of the defensive snaps there for the Cardinals. Uh, in the last game, they, uh, they also have Matt Prater out there, former uh, Falcon kicker. And uh, just looking at the list here, I don't really have a full list of all the Georgia Connects, but uh, Ledbetter is one for sure. Okay. Well, there you have it. We are going to wrap up here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We heard from Coach Arthur Smith talking about developing players and also playing to win uh, here down the stretch, even though they are eliminated. Uh, they are also um, playing the Cardinals, who have also been eliminated. So we're going to see some pride uh, out there on the football field the day after the playoff games start. Um, you know, you got Georgia and Ohio State at the Bins on Saturday, and then the Falcons and, and the Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, so uh, Coach Arthur Smith talked about developing players. Uh, we're not just going to play the young guys to play them. But it's kind of got to balance that as they're developing players like D'Angelo, D'Angelo Malone, he should be playing. Uh, Frank Darby, see what you got. You know, guys like that. Uh, th- I wouldn't mess with the line, uh, but I would play some defenders. Uh, you know, let me see Dorian Etheridge in the last game. See if we got some depth. You got any depth at linebacker. Hey, cornerbacks, I play all of them. You got to try to find one. Uh, Darren Hall was kind of benched in the last game, only played six snaps. They went with Cornell Armstrong has a better option. But, um, you know, they're going, they might have got the most out of this team. Uh, I know the coaches, um, you know, certainly feel good about the San Francisco win, you know, and how things started. They came out the gate, almost beat the Saints, uh, a four and eight. And then, you know, um, they kind of maxed out with Marcus Mariota. And then, uh, you know, he couldn't uh, pass the ball. And so they went to Ritter to try to uh, work on the passing game for, for next year. You know, it didn't go so well in the first game against the Saints, 99 yards, but we saw some throws uh, in the uh, Baltimore, in the cold, into the wind. That one ball to Drake London uh, in the red zone where he put it up high where only Drake could go get it. That was a big-time throw. Uh, his throw over the middle on the fourth down conversion, that uh, Marlon Humphrey punched out. That was that was a big time throw. So you know um, the Falcons are seeing enough. They think they are seeing enough now to, you know, they mentioned Desmond Ritter and quarterback of the future in the same sentence, uh, and maybe that'll come standard here uh, if he finishes strong against the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. So that's where we are headed into uh, Week 16. I, I mix them up, so it's really Week 17. Game 16 uh, to go because you throw the bye week in there when you're counting. Uh, so we did that. We heard from Coach uh, John Fitzpatrick from Maris, uh, Cl- Coach Cliff Kingsbury from Arizona. 
Uh, then we went over uh, J.J. Watts, the series history, uh, and the tale of the tape here, and uh, the dilemma, Max Sorley or McCoy. That's who the Falcons are going to see on Sunday. So with that, hope you are enjoying uh, these bowl games. I'm I'm currently in the uh, Georgia Southern Buffalo game. The Buffaloes are up uh, 14 to six here. So the Eagles better get moving. Uh, Coach Hilton's got him in the shotgun. Whenever I see Georgia Southern, I'm I'm thinking about the old, old Coach Paul and uh, them running the option down there. But uh, they've since moved on to passing. So with that, hey, let's get on out of here. You take care. Enjoy the rest of these bowl games. we got a big football weekend here in Atlanta, and I'm excited. I'm going to the Georgia-Ohio State game. I'm going to definitely tailgate with my guys. I think they got me a ticket. I don't know how much I'm going to be paying, but uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot. But we're going in there. We're going to go and enjoy uh, the playoffs and do a little scouting of Jalen Carter and some of the other Bulldogs that will be on the field and uh, some of the Buckeyes, maybe the quarterback of the future, is on the football field at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. And C.J. Stroud, we'll see. So with that, um, enjoy these bowl games. I know I am. Uh, we'll be out at practice the rest of the week. And then we'll be at home watching bowl games and get ready for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, back-to-back playoff game, then NFL game. So take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements... Are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.